This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, and not because of FPL, Josh. I'm riding high on championship football right now. Ah, yes, championship football. Fulham is on 67 points. Uh, they were briefly, ever so briefly, in the playoff spots. And I got a nice tweet from one of our listeners. Uh, I'm not sure it's the Conor McGregor, the um, ultimate fighter. But it is Conor I, McGregor FPL. Yeah, there there are a lot of Conor McGregor accounts out there. I, I I you know I've like totally. It must be just like an age thing. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not that old. I'm certainly not as old as you are, Brandon. But I totally missed out on the Ultimate Fighting thing. And as somebody uh, who as somebody who wears late. yeah as somebody who wears glasses for as and I've done so for a long time. My just my general fear of getting hit in the face just doesn't <laughs> allow me to really engage in ultimate fighting the way I think I should. Yeah. But anyway, the the uh, Conor McGregor tweeted at me saying um, saying Fulham going well, and uh, I responded to Conor and he says, "So this will get me a mention on the podcast, right?" So it's true. All you have to do is flatter um, Fulham on my Twitter feed at BSK Broiler, and I'll mention you right at the top of the Always Cheating podcast. Well, I, you know, I, I'm okay with Fulham. A little, a little Fulham love in the podcast too, because you know, Clinton Dempsey played there, Brian McBride, a lot of, a lot of Americans. I don't know that I can name a single player on that team. I think Scott Parker is the uh, like he's still manager, there, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's still there. He occasionally gets on the pitch, um, but okay. yeah, they have gotcha. they have brought in a ton of new players this season, and uh, they've got a much more free flowing attacking. Uh, look, I mean, they can't really defend. Tim Ream, speaking of Americans, Tim Ream plays in their defense. And ah, right, yeah. <laughs> I know your love of Tim Ream, Josh. I mean, the guy can't even get on the U.S. national team. So, yeah. right, right, which is a shame. I'm fooling with that that great U.S. national team pedigree. Clint Dempsey, legendary FPL midfielder as well. That is true, actually. I mean, he was like a real must-own player for a few years. I think he was actually maybe ten million one year. Right, yeah. maybe when he played for when he played for Spurs for like maybe his first season there. Well, I think it was the season after he was a. This was like right around the time we started playing the game. Um, but he was the top scoring midfielder um, one of those seasons at Fulham, and I think that's when his price really jumped up. Yeah, great, uh, a got, great, a great goal poacher. Yeah. Is there a, okay, now I don't want to get too off track here, but is there a Clint Dempsey type in the league right now? A guy who kind of. Gets like a you know a, like twenty goals in a season, but you're not even sure of how because he he's just kind of in the right place at the right time. That's kind of Aaron Ramsey a couple of years ago. Yeah, that is that's a weird one. I don't know is is Firmino a player like that? I don't think like he's so. kind that's... of a free floating, yeah, attacking mid. 
Yeah, that might be. It's closer, maybe. But yeah, let, let us know if you if you can think of a good a good comp, uh, a modern comp. Yeah, that's not Jeff Cameron, beloved <laughs> American Stoke midfielder. So, uh, but there you have it. I'm not optimistic about Fulham actually getting into the playoffs. They're they're close, but they've got a pretty brutal uh, last round of fixtures. So yeah. I'm not I'm not holding my breath, Connor. Make the playoffs, you know, mighty mighty Huddersfield Town. Maybe you, you take him down. Absolutely. All right. So FPL, Josh, how did we do this week? Game week 32? Uh, I did. Uh, like, I'm OK with my game week. Uh, I mean, I, I can't complain. I finished on 72 points. Uh, it was more about the decisions not made that, that got to me a little bit. Um, I was really set on, on bringing in uh, uh, Ibra for Vardy, and uh, I was planning to captain Ibra. And uh, yeah, I might. I, in the end, I may have actually ended up captain Alley. So let's not let's not go too far into the world of theoreticals. But I ultimately decided that I couldn't. Uh, I just couldn't drop Vardy, given the form he was in, given that they're playing a an Everton team that didn't have Ashley Williams. I mean, if, if Ashley Williams was playing, I actually probably would have made the move. But yeah. when I realized just how decimated that backline was, and they gave up two goals and he got an assist, so it wasn't a. You know, like it wasn't a total loss, but it did cost me seven points in the end. Plus, well, I mean, you compare if you're looking at making that decision between Vardy and Ibra, look at Manchester United has struggled all season to score goals, even though Ibra is more or less a one a one goal a game machine. Right. They're playing away from home and you really can't predict what kind of result that that squad's going to come up with, come up with even against Sunderland. So pretty sound logic on your yeah, part. Yeah, and I, I ended up dropping uh, Andy Carroll for Origi. I was a little worried about Carroll getting a start. I thought that, you know, I feel like Origi is pretty locked into, uh, well, I, I would have thought he was very locked in until uh, he, I mean, okay, so how much do you blame Origi for, let's keep this like sort of grounded in fantasy, but um, I mean, it was an insane lineup from Klopp, right? It was kind of reminiscent of last year where he would just have a random game, yeah, partially because they were in the Europa League, but you know he would just like bring out like youth players and like fans from the stand and like uh, <laughs> you know like his grandmother. It was like Look under your seat <laughs> if you have number two hundred and eighty-five, you get to play <laughs> in gold exactly. today. Six golden tickets that got given out. <laughs> so it was just it was a collection of people who like it was basically like a team that couldn't win, right? There was yeah. no they couldn't win, and um, they looked you know by the on the thirty-fifth minute or so they started to look a little bit better, I guess, but. Um, but it kind of yeah, just what, ruined Origi because there was no one to give him the ball. I mean, he was somewhat active, but he seemed a little slow to me. Yeah, I think he was. He would get stranded with the ball up front, and um, I thought Woodburn looked decent enough in the midfield, but he once he got in and around the 18, he kind of ran out of gas or ran out of moves. And you see, Origi, you're, you're right, it's a hard game to judge Origi on because he's best – his, the best comes out of him when he's surrounded by the creative players like Firmino and Coutinho and all the injured players that are current, currently injured for Liverpool. So, yeah, Klopp, Klopp did kind of screw all the Ariki owners with that lineup. Yeah, and then he gets subbed, you know, basically right before they kind of get into form. I mean, Sturridge didn't look that good, and I'm not even sure that Sturridge can play the full 90 minutes at this point. I mean, he's, you know, I think he's like 25, but he's got the body of a, you know, sixty-five-year-old retired. Did he touch the ball? Even I, 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 I struggled to remember him. him. I watched all ninety minutes. I might have stopped. I think I probably stopped watching once they took him out. Yeah, uh, actually, no. I think I did watch because they're actually the ten o'clock games were a little. There wasn't a lot going on. I guess there was the Man City game, but I didn't have anybody in that match. So, um, yeah. Well, okay, so you captained uh, Guerra, who kind of. Uh, Ended up on nine on three bonus at the end, which I was a little surprised by. I was surprised by that too, and his goal was, I mean, it was all to do to squeeze that ball between the goalkeeper and and two whole city defenders. But it was not. When you remember all the beautiful Aguero goals, this will be bottom of the list. It was it was pretty terrible. How he got those three bonus, I have no idea. But I count myself very fortunate. I I was I was thinking of armbanding Ibra, but just like we were discussing a few minutes ago, I just couldn't be that confident that United would go off on Sunderland like they did. And uh, you know, in hindsight, I should have captained Ibra, but there was Aguero with nine points, captain him, and the big hero this week for me was Zaha, who I brought in last week. I dropped Gilfie. And brought in Zaha just kind of on a whim. His price was right. 
he allowed me to get Ebra in last week. And mm-hmm. also, I just thought, well, I'll, I'll shoot to the double game week in game week 34. And yeah, so, uh, it looks got, to be in pretty good form. Yeah, it was it was a really good move. And uh, it I mean, that Arsenal team is I don't want to I don't want to deny Zaha the credit because he played really well. But uh, that Arsenal team is looking to get Arsene Wenger sacked. Uh, I mean, they are it, it was the end of that match was insane. I mean, have mm-hmm. you, ever, have you ever seen I mean, like they quit. They they just quit on the match. <laughs> I mean, they were giving the ball away constantly. Alexis was completely isolated on the wing. I don't know what Wenger is doing, like not playing him as a striker. I was listening to the match on TalkSport Live, and the commentators were being especially brutal to all the all the players on Arsenal, especially Mustafi was getting the. We talk about talk sports live, the uh, radio broadcast a bit, and how how nasty they can be to players who aren't performing on the field, and they were having a field day. I mean, it's it really makes you question whether you can even have Sanchez for the the stretch. I mean, wouldn't that money? I don't know. I mean, they have they have you know two double game weeks coming up, but he is he is so expensive and he's out in the wing. I mean, he's not involved in the action. For some reason, Wenger insists on playing Danny Welbeck. He doesn't do shit, right? He doesn't do like. <laughs> pardon my language, but just you know, yeah, just yeah, do it, anything. And, I don't. Uh, I understand Giroud is is slow and a mode of a different sort of game plan, but how is Welbeck starting over Giroud, who has contributed so much this season? I, it doesn't make any sense. It, <laughs> I, I mean, I could just go on because I'm just so. I, how are you feeling about okay, Sanchez about then? It. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not feeling very good actually, and I'm thinking more and more that I mean Sanchez might get the drop and. The thing is, if you drop Sanchez for, let's say, Zaha, right? He's got a double game week to come. You could then turn your third midfielder into someone like... Um, you, you could actually have an Ibra, uh, Kane, Lukaku front line, mm-hmm. which would be very appealing. You know? Yes, <laughs> and, extremely uh, appealing. Yeah, and so you, well, you, you lose Sanchez and you lose, you lose one of his double game weeks, maybe. I mean, it kind of depends on... You could maybe bring him back, you know, but... It's. I mean, they still haven't. We don't really know when that double, the second double game is going to be played for Arsenal. We think it's probably going to be game week thirty-seven, right? But it's isn't not. it insane that they haven't announced? Do they have to sell tickets to these fixtures? I know it, it's very, it's very odd. <laughs> um, <laughs> a few other things to talk about quickly. We could talk a little bit more about Sanchez later, but um, game week thirty-two. I think a lot of managers out there had really. Huge game weeks. I saw a lot of people uh, tweeting out their scores at the end of the day on Sunday, looking toward the century mark. Yeah. I think Alexis kind of foiled everyone's plans, but we both got green arrows. You was 72 points, me was 71. It was a miracle that I got to 71 because I have never been hit ran- so randomly by rotation issues. Yeah. So yeah. if I look, look at my starting 11, um, well, not even just my starting 11, because I had McCauley on the bench. Okay, so McCauley goes out before 60 minutes. Um, second game week in a row, right? Yeah, second. He, so he's McCauley is, is on the chopping block this week. But Firmino doesn't start. Carroll, uh, Tom Carroll only lasts one half. He gets subbed out at halftime. Andy yeah. Carroll doesn't play at all. Martin Darun doesn't play at all. Most importantly, Kyle Walker for yeah. the second time in three matches yeah. is is on the bench and, and Kieran Trippier was like so the well. play, the man of the match which I really know. worries me yeah i know yeah i'm that, i'm really contemplating just doing a, a swap to ben davies just because davies is the is the nailed on man he's the only player yeah exactly or, or maybe well, he's so cheap too, right? I mean, he's still only yeah, four point eight or something like that, four point seven. I'm, I'm, I'm at four point nine now. I I bought him at four point seven. For me, it's a little hopeless. Like, I, so I have Aguero and Ibra, and I do like the idea of that striker lineup you were you were um, touting a second ago, which would be Ibra, Kane, and Lukaku. So, how do I get the money to turn Carroll into Lukaku or Harry Kane? And the Walker to Ben Davies isn't quite enough money for me. So so then I'm kind of like, do I go the other way and just bring in Toby Alderweireld for a different another differential? Yeah, although, it, yeah, I mean, he just doesn't seem like he's got his shooting boots on this year the way he did last year. It's, it, you know, yeah, I feel like it, last year or he'd have these, like, you know, raking crossfield passes, you know? Like he was, 
he, he was he was due for a couple twelve pointers last year. That's true. I think I have Mark from Fantasy Football Scout in my head here because he was he was predicting Alderwell to get at least a goal before the end of the season, and I I think I agree with you more in that it just doesn't look that way. I mean, yeah, but Jan Vertonghen had another one of his crazy <laughs> marauding runs. Yeah, he's, I, yeah. It seems like he's coming forward a little bit more. When I had him on my team, he was like he was glued to the defensive half of the field. Like he, even on corner kicks, he was back. So I, I don't know if it's a rotational change or if he just really wants to. To you know, pad his stats, the couple goals or what? But uh, okay, so what about okay? So let's talk about Sanchez a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the structure of this podcast can be a little different than usual, just because um, uh, there's been a lot of football and uh, <laughs> we kind of stopped planning for the rest of the season. It's been, there's been a lot to talk about, and everyone's like really immersed in it right now. And so we're going to talk about we're talking about our game weeks. I want to talk about some of the key decisions, Sanchez being one of them. Uh, we're going to look at the uh, Hail Shooter Super League, and then we're going to um, look at Game Week 33, and that's going to be this week's podcast. So uh, a little roadmap, 30 minutes in, but there you go. <laughs> uh, so Sanchez, I mean, you're probably going to wild card at some point in the next few weeks. I mean, what's your what's your thought on Sanchez now? What is my strategy? Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm so happy that I've waited this long because. It's been terrifying not owning Sanchez going into every game week, and I feel like I'm getting away with murder right now, having not having him. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's been and so so awful, and yeah. uh, not even just not even involved in the play, really. I mean, he's just he's so peripheral, and I, I guess that's. I mean, Wenger is so you know. I mean, he may not even know how to like put forward like a lineup at this point. Like it's, it doesn't yeah. like he's just completely checked out as well. So I really don't know what's. Well, I banked, so I banked my transfer this week with Sanchez in mind, thinking I'm, right now the plan is to hold on to my wild card traditional style as much as the last the last se- the last season being the first season with the chips creates a tradition, but holding on to my wild card until game week thirty six and playing in advance of all the doubles in thirty seven and bench boost into thirty seven. So that's the strategy right now, though. Um, uh, now that these game weeks haven't yet been announced, it's it's I feel kind of uh, conflicted about hanging on to my wild card, really not knowing exactly what's going to happen with those, and am I missing out on points? But okay, so that said, um, I think that I'm fine because if I'm going to take my two frees and try and uh, squeeze Alexis Sanchez into my midfield, I have to do something drastic i had to get rid of one of my um more expensive players and that would be ibra or aguero um and maybe uh, okay ibra aguero ali or even firmino i uh, i could find enough cash elsewhere to turn firmino into alexis sanchez now if i compare ibra aguero ali and firmino all to alexis sanchez right now judging on you know the last three game weeks form it, it seems kind of silly, particularly given the fixtures that Firmino and Ali have coming up. It, it to, really doesn't to, seem to drop worth it. So. I mean, I mean, to to bring in Alexis right now, it would only be because of the double game weeks. I mean, I, okay, like I don't mean to totally discount the fact that he scored something like what he's got at least fifteen goals this season. Yeah, um, he's still so, the top, the, the total top point getter of the FPL yeah. season. Though it's like Lukaku is breathing down his neck at this point. But given given the way he's looked, given the way that Arsenal have looked, given where he's positioned on the field, I, I just don't know how you could bring him in. You know, I mean, I, honestly, it just seems like a complete. You know, I don't know. It just it's so much money is the problem. You know, it's yeah. like it, it's because you know if it was like you know if he's like a you know like Mares last year, where you kind of had to keep Mares all season, even even if it started to fall off because. To invest in Mares, it was like seven million or seven point five, even at the end of the season, right? Like, you couldn't not have Mares because his ownership was so high. But I think that I mean, it looks like high ownership too. But I just don't think that uh, spending eleven million on a player out of form is the right use of your money. And I, I'm talking to you, but I'm really kind of talking to anybody out there. I mean, no, I, I hear I, you. I, I, yeah, I'm really seriously thinking about dropping him. And I mean, you know, it's funny because we were, I was watching the Chelsea game on Saturday. I brought Quinn to the bar. Uh, yeah, kind of Quinn awesome. like her first her first pub trip for the she, football. Pretty good, actually. She kind of soaked it all in, and uh, you know, it's it's a good place to bring a baby because it's, it's really high ceilings and 
Um, it's like it doesn't feel claustrophobic the way a lot of bars do in New York. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a big, airy, open space. So, yeah, I brought her in, and she looked around, like, wide-eyed, and then fell asleep, like, five <laughs> minutes in. Perfect. And, yeah, so then I sat at the bar, I had some chicken fingers, and uh, I had some beers, and uh, I watched Chelsea play until she woke up, at which point I had to leave. And as I was Did you walking, miss Alonzo's free kick? As I was walking out the door, he scored the, the free kick. Oh, so we talked about this like last seconds. last episode, didn't we? How the only thing Alonzo has left to do this season is to score a free kick. I know. And now it's because yeah, we were talking about, I mean, we talked on Twitter. I, I was mentioning on Twitter, like, it might be time to drop Alonzo, right? I mean, just given how, how expensive they can't keep he is, a clean sheet. they can't keep a clean sheet. But, I mean, his ownership is, let's see what his ownership is right now. It's, um, God, you know, it's still only 15.7%. Uh, that's that's kind of crazy low. Right? That is crazy. I mean, maybe it's some savvy managers who jump ship, but that doesn't seem likely. Yeah. I mean, so, would you jump ship ahead of uh, Crystal Palace and Bournemouth in two of the last three? I mean, it, you know, it's... No. Yeah. So was the point you were going to drive at there watching the Chelsea match is, and I don't know if we can talk about him one more time on this podcast, but Eden, Eden <laughs> that Hazard. Was, that was the point I was, I was eventually going to hopefully get around to making. So that's a, that's a pretty easy swap <laughs> right there. Yeah, it is. Now, the one caveat is that they, they, they do play Man United away in Game Week 33. Yeah. It's a... Uh, away that, is not Hazard's uh, thing. He does not like to play away from home. And they do play Everton away in Game Week 35 too, and that'll, that that'll be an Everton team with with Williams back, so a little bit better there. I mean, they're going to score a couple goals, but it just doesn't seem like their defense is quite as stout as it was. I mean, can you explain why? Do you feel like there's something? It doesn't. It's not obvious to me why they're conceding more goals, other than maybe the pressure of being the league leaders. And, I mean, you know, it's yeah. Is, I mean, is I'm it not a psychological I'm... thing, or are there really like breakdowns that? It's not like I'm like, oh, David Luiz is the culprit. Like sometimes you you know you just kind of know who the, who yeah. the guy is, sort of letting the defense down. But it doesn't feel that way with Chelsea. I think they play a really risky formation that the three in the back. If and you see Alonso and Victor Moses, they sometimes struggle to get back to recover. If they if they're pressing high and lose possession, if the ball goes the wrong way, I mean Cahill and Luiz. I think this is why Aspilicueta gets so many um, baps is because he covers for everyone so much because he's the most mobile of, of all of them. It was crazy that he got a bonus point over Marcus Alonso. <laughs> but, I, I mean, you you have to consider how hard it is to defend in the Premier League and how much you have to concentrate. And I bet it's just a mixture of factors. Like, they're kind of probably becoming a little complacent given how, how much of a lead they have. Now, I know their lead has dwindled a little bit the last month or so, and you'd think that Conte wouldn't stand for anything but the best, but I, th- I think it's probably down to just concentration, and, and if it breaks down a little bit, then you're going to get scored on, even by the worst teams, unless yeah. you're Middlesbrough. And the other thing to keep in mind here is you kind of have to ride this, the wave with uh, with the Chelsea defense because they play, they play Man U and Everton away in game week 35, but then they, they finish the season with a lot of very easy fixtures. They play uh, they play Middlesbrugger, West Brom, Sunderland, and then they have a double game week match with Watford at some point, and that's also a home mm-hmm. match. So, I mean, Middlesb- if, if it ends Middlesbrugger, Watford, West Brom, Sunderland, the only concern then would be that Ake might get some starts over Alonso, right? I mean, they might, have, yeah. they might, they might clinch the title with yeah. you know, two games left, and... I mean, sometimes it kind of it kind of depends on the manager, you know. I mean, I know like with uh, when Mourinho clinched a couple of years ago, um, he there was like, there was like Hazard and Terry and maybe it was Aspilicueta. Like they they played every single match, and that was like their kind of mark of pride. Like I played every game this year. Perfect attendance, right? But in other cases, you know, they they do sort of sub those out. But it's it's hard, you know. It's it's too early to speculate on all that stuff. But it could be something long term that would make mm-hmm. that would make. Alonzo in particular less appealing because I could just imagine Ake getting a start, maybe in a double game week. Going back to the psychological thing, too, I wonder if they get really close to clinching the title and when they clinch it, if if there isn't that kind of rotation you're talking about, it'll perhaps be easier for them to keep clean sheets because, you know, they won't be feeling that pressure anymore and they can just play a little more with a little bit more confidence. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So too. I, I do wonder if if there are many many clean sheets for Chelsea 
once they do clinch the title. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe they maybe they lose away to Man United. Spurs win. I mean, it could be a four point game uh, or a four point lead uh, going through next weekend. But but Man U have to win that game. I I don't yeah. know if they can do it. Uh, speaking of Man U and defensive rotation, we got an email from Phil Anthony who says, apparently Yoshida and Valencia have decided they want me to crack the pods league top 10. (laughs) Past two game weeks, I've started Valencia after bringing him in, only to see him frustratingly rested. However, Yoshida has decided to propel me up through my mini league and the pods league with 20 points as a third bench slot auto sub. So um, we were talking a little bit about Southampton defense over text over the weekend and beyond Yoshida your man Stevens is you have now dubbed the greatest under the radar value <laughs> in the history of the Premier League uh, I don't know if I put it quite that way but like I said, <laughs> at, at this time I mean in game week 33 going into game week 33 I think there if you're wild carding I mean Jack Stevens is pretty much a guaranteed mid, uh, central defender for um, Southampton because uh, they don't have anyone who can play that spot. Yeah, who right? else is going to play? Yeah, and you would you wouldn't think they would even be playing that well because it's their you know Yoshida and Stevens are their third and fourth string central defenders, and yet they have been you know they think they have what three three clean sheets in the last six, uh, two in the last three. Stevens picked up an assist in last week's game. Um, he had two bonus points in game week 30 and three bonus points in game week 32. And he is priced at 4.1 million owned by less than 2% of managers. So I think that he's like, he's like the perfect wildcard player. And the only issue here is that they play Man City and Chelsea in the next two matches. So, you know, if, if you can stick him at the end of your bench from there on out, you've got, you know, two double game weeks and then they're home to Hull and Stoke and away to Middlesbrough the next you know, three of the next four. So it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I feel like you need at least one defender from Southampton. What do you think about their midfielders? I, uh, I don't think about them much. I mean, I mean, the top performers right now seem to be Tadich and JWP. Right. And neither of them, them really inspire me to, to, um, I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got my own losers over here, like Tom Carroll and Martin Derue, and I don't need other, yeah. other more expensive losers. Um, I mean, if you are wild carding, I can see how, I can see how James Ward Prowse would make sense, but Tadic to me is too expensive, particularly at this point in the season. Even with those double game weeks, yeah. I just really don't like those fixtures. We for, are, yeah, we're not believers. Yeah, no, definitely not believers. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know what to tell you as far as their attack goes, unless Gabby Adini yeah. is going to come back in the next few weeks, game weeks, presumably. Presumably, and that'll that'll make a difference. I think that uh, I know Ward Prowse is a good fourth or fifth uh, midfielder, depending on what kind of rotation you have. I mean, you know, if you had to go really, if you want to go really heavy up front. Uh, you know, bringing him in as your fourth midfielder, I think, makes a fair amount of sense. He's, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's he's playing every match. He's not playing the full 90 every match, but he's picked up, you know, two goals, what, three goals and an assist in the last 10. So that's like pretty much what you'd expect from a fourth midfielder, right? Like that's like a decent, yeah, it's a decent return. Uh, you right. know, basically a goal every three matches. So I mean, um, you mean he's not getting subbed at halftime? Like... Like babyface Tom Carroll. I know your boy. Oh. Uh, you must have been so heartbroken. I mean, you love Tom Carroll. I do love him. I want him to succeed. I'm like, I feel like his mom. <laughs> is, there, is there anything worse than uh, when you're watching a game and you have like one player in the game and that player gets subbed at halftime? Especially if it's like a Sunday morning and it's like the only game on. And you're like, what do I do? Like, do I keep watching? Do I oh, just... yeah. It's when you realize you're a total monster because you're like, I guess I'll watch it. Yeah, just I'm not going to watch closely. You know, yeah, like, I'm, I'm I can see computer. the big pile of laundry in the bedroom from here, but <laughs> exactly. not, I'm not touching that. Yeah, I could like make breakfast, but no. <laughs> so what else? OK, so Hazard, we didn't talk about too much. Uh, definitely. Uh, definitely someone to look at. Right. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, just his returns are really kind of um kind of insane if you look at the last 
if you go all the way back to game week 21 against Leicester where he had an assist, it's an assist, then blank, then assist, then goal, then blank, then assist, then goal, then blank, then assist, then two goals, then one goal. He has been remarkably consistent in 2017, whereas, you know, he's he was less so in 2016. So I feel like he's he's found whatever consistency he, he's lost. Finally, I know but it's I mean, not and, having him has been killing both of us, really. I and mean, a lot of managers out there. I mean, you know, 13 and 10 in the last two. Um, he's owned by 30 percent of the managers in the league. So, yeah. it's if he does anything, it brings that average score, you know, way up. And, you know, I mean, I guess I, I didn't really think twice about bringing him in. I was never really planning to. But, um, yeah, clearly, you know, uh, he was the he was the option over Sanchez. I mean, he's uh, he's like some sort of tantric FPL player in that you just have to be really patient. But yeah. when your reward comes, it will be great. Well, that was disgusting. <laughs> Uh, all right, Brent. Let's get to let's get to one one more question before we get to the uh, Hail Cheater Super League this week. Uh, and it's it's you know it's kind of the key question I think. Um, well, maybe the Sanchez thing is the is the let's call it key question one A, which mm-hmm. is uh, okay. It's it's kind of a two part thing. One is uh, Harry Kane. Uh, are you are you planning to bring him in? Uh, and if so, when? And I guess the other question is: Would you rather have Kane or? Uh, Ibra, if you had to pick one of the two. Oh, man, that's a really good question. Um, I think I'd rather have Harry Kane. Um, and that does go against some logic and that you want it. You want to kind of put your money down on the form player. And Ibra's been back for two games and he's scored two goals. Yep. Harry Kane's just back from injury. But um, he did show me enough coming in for the last few minutes there against Watford, he showed that he showed us all that he was fit. He was ready to come back. They weren't rushing him back. He was looking to score goals, almost got on the end of a few crosses. And I will be shocked and amazed if he doesn't score in the next match. And of course, they've got the North London Derby coming up, which Harry Kane is legendary for always scoring yeah, that's against true. Arsenal or any London opponent. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. The Spurs fixtures just look so much better, so much more enticing than Manchester United's. I really don't know what to do here with uh, with with. I, I feel like I need to bring the both in. I, you know, thankfully I actually have two transfers this game week. Um, I mean, okay, so I mean, the elephant in the room is Lukaku too. I mean, the, the guy is really like he's almost undroppable when he's got a run of home fixtures to come. So. I can't drop Lukaku in game week 33, right? He's home to Burnley. I mean, he's probably a you know one of the best captain options for game week 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, but game week 34, away to West Ham, and then they play home to Chelsea in game week 35. I think that I think he's going to have to go for game week 34, and I think I'm going to turn him into Ibra. Um, I just think that uh, I think I want those I want those three forwards for the double game week and. Uh, I don't know. It's it's you know it is tricky though. Um, it's really. I mean, maybe he maybe he doesn't go. Maybe I drop Sanchez. But I think that in some combination, I want to have Ibra and Ibra um, and uh, Kane. And I just can't figure out how to do it. The other problem is that I actually have three Spurs players right now. I have Erickson, Alley, and Davies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dav- Who do you drop there to get yeah. Kane? I don't think I can drop. I don't think I can drop Davies. I just think he's he's just too good a value. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it has to be Erickson. Yeah, um, just, you know it's it's frustrating that El, that Deli Alley can't like pick up any bonus points. Like it's so maddening. Like yeah, you know, just, and it feels like he's active. I know he's kind of on the wing, but it feels like he's involved. I, you know, I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's fouls. I think he probably picks up a lot of fouls. Yeah, I think he has unsuccessful take ons. And I think when <laughs> I I've seen this a few times this season where the game is one with like 20 minutes left, which is very often when Spurs are playing at White Hart Lane. Yeah. They're, they're just so, um, 
buccaneering and they try all sorts of cool stuff and Deli Ali is chief among them he starts like becoming a Harlem Globetrotter <laughs> yeah, so it's true. like incomplete passes I guess, and yeah, I guess you're right it's like, a, it's like a 20 year old and you're up for nothing with 20 minutes to go like he's just balling he's just having fun yeah it's true so but Ali, Ali has to stay because he's just he's got such a nose for it. I mean that was a great goal uh, to open the scoring I couldn't believe it yeah I couldn't I believe it. Did open the screen? Yeah, I did open the scoring. Yeah, so yeah, you don't associate him with those kinds of shots. I associate him with. I mean, he scored some worldies for sure. But it's a Harry Kendall. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't think of of Deli Ali's shot as ever having a lot of shape on it. Yeah. They're always well placed, or but it's it seems to be at the end of an incisive move. And he anyway. Um, but so, there there is a uh, Hungman Son basically ruined. All of our game weeks, all those people who held on to Son. Um, yeah, in the I, face of him not starting, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was both I, of our both of our head to head opponents in our private <laughs> league. Cost us both, yeah. So um, yeah, oh, and I forgot. I got, I got kind of screwed with the David De Gea thing too. Um, I you know I was debating between De Gea and Valdez. Like, I feel like I've lost some to use a poker term. I've lost so many coin flips this year. You know, where I feel like when I've I've like been in between two players and I'm kind of leaning one way or the other, and so I was thinking either Valdez and Antonio, or um, or De Gea and Robert Huth, I think, or something like that. It was some combination of those players, and um, and so I ultimately went with uh, De Gea and goal, and uh, it's kind of I think it's ultimately cost me some points. Um, thankfully, I wasn't starting Huth this game week because uh, he picked up negative one. Hmm, I was a little little worried about a red card there, right? They got a little chippy that game. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And he he was sized up by, um, oh, it was Kevin Morales who um, tried to pick a fight with Robert. (laughs) That was really amazing. That was was very strange, yeah. The Belgians shouldn't check on the Germans. That's just, you're not going to win that. No, yeah, they they've, <laughs> they've tried that once before. Yeah, I and that was I ended up banking my transfer. That was the move I was going to make was turning Joel Robles into Victor Valdez, and then I thought, um, I just decided to put a little pressure on Everton. I thought Everton being at home could hold Lester off, and God, Robles. And- just I know. I mean, you lost it. Terrible goals. It was the craziest opening four minutes, especially because like no fantasy assets were involved, right? Yeah. It was like Robles and uh, or not not okay, so Tom Davies scores assisted by Morales. Is that right? Yeah. And then the next goal was Slimani assisted by I can't even remember who assisted him on that first goal. So it was like you know. Two clean sheets lost on both sides. Two goals scored, and like eight managers were affected by it. Or like Slimani, it, was, it was it was Gray who assisted Slomani on that one. Was it Gray? Okay. Yeah, uh, but it was I. I uh, ultimately kept Robles and decided to start him because of Everton's upcoming fixtures with Burnley and West Ham. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, I mean, <laughs> assuming Stecklenburg hasn't won the starting spot back yet uh i'll hang on to robles um in the meantime just not that bowled over by doubling up with martin darun and victor valdez for the double though no, i guess of all the players yeah. to dub to play the double it would be valdez not darun that's yeah, that's the one yeah uh okay so brandon let's talk about the hail cheater super league People have waited long enough. <laughs> we, 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 we hid the Hail Cheaters Super League somewhere <laughs> in the middle of this episode of Always Cheating. All right. All right wanna, uh, let's, let's have you run through these top, this top ten. Okay. Pulling up the Hail Cheaters Super League here. Never too late for you to join. Just go to our website, alwayscheating.com. Click on the League tab. In 10th place this week, it's Tom Hall. Who's moving up into the top 10? Well done. Welcome to you, Mr. Hall. League and Cup champion. Scores a big 87 points on the game week. Ninth place, Saul Barlow. Don't have a clue. And in eighth place, breaking the century mark with 103 points, it's Abdullah Al Mamoon. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Abdullah, I can't pronounce your team name. It's in a language I don't read. Mm-hmm. Um, but huge congrats to you for breaking the century mark. It's amazing. Even 1,900 points for Abdullah. Seventh place, Cuddly Koalas. That's David Fellheim's team. 
Fabio Borges in sixth place, Clichy's Clean Sheets. In fifth, moving up moving up a few places, it's Brandon Diggs, We, we Far Harded. And fourth place, uh, dropping down, it's Jake Kenyard, Laro, 78 points on the game week. And our long-time, long-running first place uh, FPL manager, Patrick Connolly, drops down to third place this week um, with a decent 62 points. But moving into second place, we have Anders FK, his squad bricklayers. It's actually tied. A, it's a two-way tie for first. Holy crap, it's a two-way <laughs> tie. All right, so in first and second place, both these managers have uh, 1,930 points. Bricklayers FK scored 80 points on the week. And then uh, in first place, randomly, it's Caesar Rodart, Cessboom. <laughs> So I'm looking at uh, Caesar's team, and he is currently ranked overall in the world 271st. Now let's see is is um, is Anders also uh, ranked 271? I think he's 280. Two, actually. 280. Yeah, a lot, a lot of ties. So there you have it. Um, some heated competition. <laughs> we're, we're not even. I mean, it's, we're closing in on the end of the season, but it's still heating up there at the Hell Shooters Super League. Well done, everybody. I'm, I'm excited that I'm, I'm, I've just crept into the top eight of the uh, AC Showstoppers League, our head-to-head league that we started at the beginning of the season. So that's that, that's a good feeling, at least. Yeah, and top eight getting into the playoffs. Yeah, top eight in the playoffs, which will start after game week 35. So uh, just another like little shout-out for the playoffs. If you are in a mini-league with your friends, and um, especially if you – um, if you guys do a head-to-head league as well, we actually do both. So we have we have a, a mini league of about twenty people, and uh, we do a. It's, it's basically just two separate leagues. And um, this year we decided to do the playoffs for the first time, uh, and it's actually made it a lot of fun for someone like me who had a really bad start at the season because um, it gives me something to play for. You know, Brendan, I was actually looking at my um, at my team a minute ago and my mm-hmm. game history. I actually have eight uh, green arrows in the last nine matches. Well done, sir. You're on a good uh, run. Yeah, I am up almost exactly 900,000 spots since uh, since game week 23. So, kinda, well done, sir. Yeah, kind of following the trajectory of last year. So let's, let's see if I can like not put myself in a massive hole next season, so that I don't <laughs> spend the next. You're next, you're like yeah. so many teams in the Premier League where you just have a really dogged start, and then at some point somebody says, "Screw it, we're bringing in um, Allardyce." Yeah, we're bringing and, in we're bringing Craig Shakespeare. It's a good point, though. Um, I think a lot of people in their mini leagues have to decide whether they do classic or head to head. And we say do both. Yeah, because it's a great way to if you've if you got people if you have people that drop out halfway through the season because their their total overall points are just not that great. Head to head is always something they can still compete in. Yeah, week to week. Exactly. It's like it's like the playoffs in the NBA. You know, just just get in like the NCAA tournament. Just just get in. You know, anything can happen. All right. So anyway, that was unsolicited, uh, unsolicited advice for uh, for people who can't reset their mini leagues at this point in the season. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For next year. Brandon, let's talk about game week 33. Do you want to take a break? Actually, I want to catch our breath here. Yeah, I'm just going to say I need to lay down for a second. So (laughs) we'll play that music and then we'll come back and talk about game week 33. Game week 33 is here, Brandon. Three more game weeks until those beloved playoffs that I won't stop talking about. The playoffs. playoffs. You love your playoffs. I love my playoffs. So, yeah, uh, it's game week 33. Yeah, the season is almost over. Thank God. Uh, I've, I've had it. It's, it's been real and it's been fun, but it hasn't been real fun for me this year. So I'm ready to to end the season, start fresh next year. Uh, but let's get through this. You know, maybe I'll uh, maybe we'll find some. Maybe I'll pull a rabbit out of a hat. You know, maybe you I'll could have... have the greatest miracle of all time, and uh, you could you could beat uh, Anders FK. <laughs> well, look at game. No, I don't think that's possible. But look at game week thirty four last year, where you had a triple captain not, not, option. Not scored. to uh, discount Cessboom. Sorry, Cessboom. <laughs> but you had a triple. I mean, you had you know twenty five points tripled from Maguire last year. I mean, game week thirty four, the scores were up in the hundred and fifties. You know, so. yeah. Yeah, sadly, sadly, I, I squandered my triple captain on the uh, one Sergio Aguero for 
nine points. Yeah, you know, it could have been. At least, at least he scored a goal. Oh, yeah. It would have been a legendary disaster if, if he had not scored. So yeah. that, that's true. So, I'm putting a lot of pressure on my uh, bench boost this <laughs> season. All right, so game week 33 is here. It's a we got fixtures on Saturday, Sunday, and then uh, Monday, and it's another Arsenal game on Monday. And I don't know if I can watch this one, Brandon. I don't even know if I can track it. I mean, if it's anything like this Crystal Palace game, I just I might have to be out. You know, just I might be out on this team. Nothing would bring me more joy than to see um, the the great Middlesbrugger defense. It's not been so great as of late. But just hey, just kept, put a put a stranglehold on this Arsenal team and, they have and two, hold them two, scoreless. They have two clean sheets in the last three. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I, I guess it's just that they haven't been the uh, quite. Maybe it was the four goals that they let in that's a couple true. weeks ago that really throws I mean, me off. Was, yeah, like a couple of days ago, it was like midweek. So I guess that's true. When you can see four to Hall, it does kind of. Uh, you know, muddy. It colors things. <laughs> it does color things. <laughs> All right. So the day kicks off once. It's a kind of it's like a repeat of last week. Uh, am I even the right fixtures here? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. It's, no. It's Spurs. Spurs lead off again in another yeah. tantalizing home fixture. What do we do? Yes. Kane. Kane is getting more and more urgent by the second. I think so too. Is, has his price risen yet, or is because he's coming back from injury? Is he still? Is he locked? I should have checked this before. Uh, I'm not sure if he's locked or not. He may not be locked because he was in the, he actually registered points this past week or he was on the bench. So he's probably unlocked at this point. Probably unlocked. But regardless, I mean, he, you know, he's, he hasn't, I don't think he's gone up too much. Let me me actually just check that out real quick. He's gone up by 0.1 already. He was uh, 11.2 to start, start the game week and he's up to 11.3 now. So, Um, One would assume he's going to be at least 11.4 before the next game week starts. One one would think that. Wouldn't one? One would. I mean, we're we are not saying one way or another. So, you know, (laughs) don't don't email us. Don't call us. Don't litigate us. It's not our problem. So this is as we were just saying, it's it's basically a repeat of last week. I I think Spurs will win this game three nothing or four nothing. Um, and, uh, that's right. I said nothing, not nil because I'm an American, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, yeah, America. so do you think, I know we haven't looked at all the game weeks yet, but do you think that Harry Kane is the, is the clear favorite for, uh, captain choices this game week? I do. I mean, I love the fact that, um, both of us got points out of a Deli Ali captaincy the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's true. He, he had his fun in the sun, but I think <laughs> all focus shifts back to Harry Kane starting in game week 33. Yeah, I'm looking at these other options, and um, I mean, Sergio Aguero, he's away from home. Southampton have a pretty sturdy D. Jack Stevens, of course. Um, Jack Stevens is the big captain for sure. Yeah, I mean, you you like Lukaku at Goodison Park every day of the week, except Tom Heaton is there in between him and his precious goals. Yeah, but Heaton, you know, not as strong, uh, you know, not as strong on the road. So I I think it does come down to Kane, maybe Alley and uh, and Lukaku. I think I feel like those are the big three. I if I bring in Kane, I'll probably captain him. Um, it yeah, just seems like the right move, but. Um, just the right, just do the right thing. So there's not much to say about this game, right? We both think that uh, Spurs will beat Bournemouth pretty handily. I think there's a good chance to keep a clean sheet. It'll be interesting to see if Kyle Walker plays. I mean, it's got to put you in a tough spot because uh, it does. It's, you wouldn't want to drop this guy if he's about to start at home to Bournemouth. No, and I think it's one of those situations where it, it feels kind of insane to compare Kyle Walker to Junior Stanislaus, but... Um, I think we find ourselves in these situations with players where where you're like, oh, it was just one week he was on the bench getting a rest, giving the rest <laughs> of the team a run out. Yeah. Then another week comes by and you're like, well, surely this is the end of that shenanigans. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, 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 if, if Trippier had played worse, I think you'd feel okay about it. But yeah, oh, yeah. Without Trippier. a doubt. But Trippier was, he just bossed it. He was yeah. connecting so well, playing, make, putting some great challenges in. And uh, Bournemouth is not exactly a game where I feel like you need to um, throw up every barrier in, um, in defense. Yeah, but Kyle, I mean Kyle Walker is is like top choice England uh, right back or yeah right back. 
I don't well, know what must, what he would it, have it deserved. Be, it must be oh. something to. Do, I mean, it must have to do with training and how they look. And I mean, Trippier looked great, right? He looked great yeah. in both games he played last week. So, uh, or you know, I guess too the both weekends that he played. Uh, so, yeah. the, he, he must be showing more, or maybe Walker is dealing with some kind of injury and he's not revealing it. I mean, that happens all the time. Yeah, uh, even though so, he's on the the fact that he's on the bench makes it a little even more confounding. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, All I right, would so tell you this: I would, I would be dropping Kyle Walker if I didn't have other issues that I wanted to tend to. Um, like I, I'm really wanting to get rid of Kyle Walker right now. I'm not excited about having him. Yeah, but it's, I it's, will keep yeah. him. No, it's not a, not a fun spot to be. All right, uh, Crystal Palace, Leicester. Uh, you know, Leicester, I think, will uh, the the way they play in this match will have a lot to do with uh, how they do in the Champions League. I mean, if they if they go to Atletico, I think they're away for the first leg. If they go to Atletico and they lose four nothing or something, uh, yeah. I think they being pretty demoralized, Get completely if, demoralized. Right? If they if they scratch it out and they lose one one or lose one nil or they lose. Um, you know, draw or something like that, or it's it's nil nil draw. Like anything that like makes it competitive for the second leg, even a two one loss. Um, I think uh, I think they'll come out playing pretty well. Um, and Crystal Palace looked really good. I mean, you got to feel good about Zaha for this match. I do, I really do, and it feels like there's some real chemistry brewing in that midfield uh, with Townsend and Zaha, and um, I mean, Kabai was even getting in on the the act against Arsenal, so it does feel good, and that they're they're home again, I think, really buoys that. If Palace were away to Leicester, I'd be a little less excited, but sure, I think it's sure. a great way for them to keep that momentum going. Yeah, this I mean, is- I, I, do, I do know they went to Stamford Bridge, and um, really put one put one over on Chelsea, but still, I, I like them at Selhurst Park. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Everton Burnley. I guess we just talked about this a minute ago. Lukaku great at home. Burnley not very good on the road. Um, I don't. You know, see, see that Barkley got punched in the face. Yeah. Did you watch the video? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, I'm I'm such a sick person. I watched the video and it was it was pretty terrifying. He just looked like he was having a conversation with this guy and a guy just decides to deck him and just drops him with one one punch it's frightening yeah i mean that's yeah that's that's ridiculous uh uh yes everton burnley i think this is an easy win for everton i they probably will concede a goal i mean burnley is burnley is on the beach now right they got their win last week they're they're safe. Nothing's gonna. You know, nothing's gonna happen to those guys. They're fine. <laughs> don't, don't worry about, about your precious Sean Dyche. Don't worry about old Burnley. Uh, so I think like three one Everton is my guess. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's gonna be tough. I mean, for for the clean sheet, I agree. I mean, Pennington. It was interesting to me how they knew Pennington would start because of Williams' red card, and then suddenly it becomes big headlines that Pennington inks a new deal with the club. How long ago did he actually sign that deal? Probably like six months ago. When do those like? Why do they even ink those deals? Those deals like mean nothing, right? It's like they sign these deals and then they just it doesn't it doesn't matter. They just get like transferred away anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I I agree. I. Uh, I, I don't see them as it's about time Sam Vokes got on the he he had, so Vokes had his point blank shot that was that was blocked over the weekend. I I was really excited to get that Vokes bandwagon back up and running, but not to be. Uh Stoke Hall, uh not a lot to say about this match. Um no, I mean, Stoke looked pretty terrible. Stoke looked terrible. Hall have looked a lot better. I don't really see a lot of fantasy appeal with Hall still. I mean they don't have a double game week, so uh, I mean, I know you've got Robertson, but outside of him, yeah. Jakubovic. I mean, he's a good rotation keeper, but that's that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to make a case uh, for having Jakku over Pickford. I feel like you're you're probably going to get a few yeah. more save points from Pickford. So, you, but Pickford but still, kind of fixtures too. Um, I'm probably going to start Robertson against Stoke, but yeah, that's that's nothing I really want to talk about. <laughs> Uh, I agree. Uh, Sunderland West Ham. It looks like the magic is gone for Jermaine Defoe. I mean, he actually looked okay in the match at times, but he really should have scored. Uh, I don't know if you saw. He uh, he missed a yeah, pretty I, big I, opportunity. Yeah, I was watching um, some of that game, and the magic is gone, and that team is they're just down. dead. 
They're, they're dead. Down. They're done. You know, it's fine. I mean, Newcastle went down last year and they're back up. I mean, Newcastle seemed a little stronger when they went down. Like, Newcastle probably shouldn't have gone down. Oh, but... and you go you go down with a Champions League winning uh, manager, and Sunderland is going down with one of the one of the softest uh, softest managers in the league. I mean, David Moyes hasn't said one encouraging word in a single press conference. <laughs> I did not think it would go this badly. I really didn't. I, th- I thought he would. I-, I thought he would be great for them. I thought it was kind of a kind of an ideal fit. But uh, yeah, totally wrong on that one. Uh, so yeah, this game. I mean, I guess I could see Sunderland winning it, even after all we just said. Um, I mean, West Ham. I know they just picked up a nice win, but they're not. Um, they're certainly not no. in molten hot form. Uh, so yeah, I. One this nil. is one where I I'm I might. Be glad to have Andy Carroll. I mean, it's, it sounds like Andy Carroll is all but guaranteed to be healthy for this match. He's got that's this minor groin issue. But I, if if Carroll starts in this match, um, I'm excited to see what he does because I think Carroll could get a goal, at least a goal against Sunderland. I feel like that I, team. I did Andy Carroll right. Like I got in. <laughs> I, got, I got two weeks. I got a goal and I got yeah. an assist and I got out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Watford, Watford, Swansea. I'm getting a little worried about my Swans, Brandon. A little, little worried. Oh yeah. Speaking, I mean, they're they looked quite. They they looked just as demoralized as Sunderland did over the weekend. And I think (laughs) you're starting to see some cracks in Paul Clement. I mean, he's rotating at halftime, and I don't just say that out of spite for him taking Tom Carroll out um, and costing me a draw in our head to head, but. I th- I think he's Clement has gone from a manager who knew what his best eleven was and knew the tactics he wanted to play to panicking a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. he's he's starting to show a little fear. I think that um, so they're two points behind Hull right now at twenty eight. Hull's on thirty. Uh, it, it looks like it's pretty much a four way race relegation. Uh, Crystal Palace is probably getting close to safe now. They're they're four points above Hall and they're six points above Swansea, right? So they're they're two, you know, two two fixtures above or you know, two or, you know, two wins above, uh, and right. the goal differential is um, minus eight and it's minus thirty one for Hall and thirty for Swansea. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy because Swansea, like, they just dug themselves such a huge hole that even that like great run they went on a few weeks ago wasn't Didn't actually make a enough difference. for them to get out. Yeah, so. Yeah, and you look at maybe Burnley's on thirty six, Leicester's on thirty six. I mean, those teams are not going to get dragged back into it. I mean, you know, they're they're up eight points now on Swansea. There's no way that that any of those teams. I think I think you can cut it off at Bournemouth in fifteenth. Maybe I don't I don't think so, but Bournemouth could go down, and every team above that is probably safe. That said, Watford is a wonderful team for Swansea to be playing this weekend. I mean, yeah. Watford is is. Solidly safe at 37 points and completely schizophrenic. <laughs> yeah, they did not look good in the. Uh, no, they were game. all yeah. over the place. That was not a good match. Uh, all right, so Watford, Swansea, yeah. So I think I mean, maybe Swansea pull out a win, a much needed win. I, I hope they do. I, I do. I, I like the, I like everything about Swansea, except maybe their American owners who are kind of ruining the club. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it, you, you think if Swansea loses this match to Watford, that. Is that could be that could be it? Yeah, that that really could be it. Southampton. I mean, it's, Man- not, it's not a good sign. Anyway, it's not sorry. A good sign. Uh, Southampton, Man City. Uh, Southampton have played pretty well the last few game weeks, and mm-hmm. I think that they're. I, I think they could give Man City a game. I don't think they're going to win this game, but I, I don't think Man City's going to you know run all over them. I agree. I think it's going to be tight. I think it will be tight, and it'll probably be uh, like a two-one victory. Yeah, Claudio yeah. Bravo tried to make a save again over the weekend, unsuccessfully. Yeah. 2-1 victory for, for City, you think? Yeah, easy. Yeah. 2-1. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a pretty solid predicted scoreline. I think everyone will predict that. Yeah. Aguero will get his one goal again. He will get <laughs> He will get both. He will I get predict. both goals. Wow. He will get both. So you're going to captain him this game week. No, I will take his two goals <laughs> quietly, <laughs> and, and I will not speak final. of them. West Brom, Liverpool. We move to Sunday. 
I think that Liverpool really needed that win. Uh, they needed the comeback win. I mean, it was a crazy gamble for Klopp, and it actually paid off amazingly. <laughs> no. uh, should not have. I mean, it's a crazy gamble given that they're not locked in to the yeah, Champions League spots. He needs every point he can get. And uh, Man, you have two games in hand on Liverpool, and if they win both of those games, they're actually tied with Liverpool. Uh, on 63 points. Now, they're a little below in goal difference, but, I mean, Liverpool is not a safe... I mean, it's, it's the table is so skewed right now because you have certain teams that have that have played 30, some have played 31, some have played 32. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's Liverpool is definitely not safe, and so it was a huge risk. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think you know, that, that pumps them up. I mean, I think this is an easy Liverpool win. Um, I think uh, even, even away to West Brom, I think this is like a 3-1 win for Liverpool. Oh, yeah, I finally get a goal from Firmino, and yet again he puts up five FPL points. I just don't really don't know <laughs> what to do with right him. Away. I mean, we were texting about this. I have said it um, numerous times on the podcast. My favorite goal celebration uh, the recent seasons, barring uh, Mikel Antonio's um, antics, is Roberto Firmino. Um, he'll, he'll judge the quality of his goal on whether he takes his shirt off. And his favorite <laughs> thing to do is pretend like he's going to take his shirt off and then wag his finger like, no, no, no. Right. You get a yellow card for that. And I just love how he scores this amazing volley and immediately the shirt comes off. And I couldn't begrudge him that. I loved it. It, it was, was just, I, it was a pretty awesome goal celebration. I will, I will agree with you there. Somebody posted a GIF um, on social media where it, it just zooms in on his shirt. When his shirt lands on the ground after he throws it up in the air, his shirt lands perfectly flat on the ground like you were gonna lay it out for a catalog shoot or something yeah it's very strange very very cosmic uh man U chelsea difficult game to predict i kind of think chelsea will win this game actually uh man U do not look very good and they <laughs> needed a i mean they, you know i mean okay they were they were probably always gonna win at sunderland but that that red card was kind of crazy and um i mean i guess like by the letter of the law it was it was legit but um, it certainly didn't seem like a, I don't know. It didn't seem like a red card to me, a straight red, but no, it was, uh, over, it was stud showing his yeah. leg was straight out over the ball. Yeah. I mean, it was it's a, a leg breaker. Yeah. It's a bad tackle, but yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, he's, he, Seb Larson has a reputation for not being a very good tackler. So <laughs> though it was his first red card ever in the league, I think. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's just yeah. kind of a loser in general. So yeah. Yeah. Man, you midfield is a mess, and you know I, I don't know what's going on with Anthony Marshall. I mean, that guy. I guess he just needs to move clubs, right? I mean, he'll probably just end up back in France or something like that. Oh um, yeah, he's uh, I, he. It's like the Madden curse. I talk about the Madden curse. If you're the player that gets uh, put on the front of the John Madden game, you're bound to have a terrible next season. And Martial got all this love on FIFA 17, and. Um, had a terrible has had a terrible season ever since. So I think this is a game where you you, know, you don't captain anybody that you have. You play all your players, and you just kind of like assume it's going to be kind of a wash fantasy wise, right? Like I don't think uh, yeah. I probably end up playing Alonzo just because I feel like he's got enough you know attacking threat. Uh, I, I honestly find the game kind of hard to predict. You know, I think it go either way. So. Um, I'd like to see Man U win just because I want a title race. And uh, yeah. but I just, I mean, seeing guys like Lingard, I mean, that Man U do not seem like they're ready to be a team like Chelsea. I mean, that Chelsea team is pretty complete right now. And yeah, I mean, the the Chelsea when they steamrolled Man United earlier this season, I think it was still kind of a a different. We were talking about this earlier about what is Chelsea's issues now they can't keep a clean sheet um Diego Costa isn't scoring the way he was earlier they're a, a slightly different team than when they met earlier this season yeah, so yeah I yeah, tend to agree yeah. it's probably not going to be that kind of a blowout but but Chelsea's got their number yeah I, I, I another think so two I think, another I two one or uh, probably a yeah. two nil depending on how yeah. much faith you have in Ibra yeah maybe two one yeah uh, and then Middlesbrough or Arsenal. I don't really want to talk about this match. Uh, we talked about Arsenal enough already in the podcast. Uh, I, I don't even know who's going to win this game. Like you know, it's uh, four, four nothing, zero Middlesbrough. Yeah, I have nothing to say about this game uh, other than you know Sanchez probably gets a one week reprieve because of the way I'm trying to bring Kane in. Uh, I had thought about moving Erickson to. Um, uh, to Theo Walcott to open up uh, money for um, 
for a cane, but now I just don't know that I can actually do that. Like, I, can I really bring in an Arsenal player right now? I mean, given that they've quit, certainly not Walcott. <laughs> I wouldn't. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to think of like I want. I want one of the guys with a double. I, any player I bring in this week, I want it to be somebody that has at least the game week third thirty four double, if not doubles. You know, if not multiple doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Tadich doesn't make sense for this game week, um, given that they're home to Man City. So I don't know. It's it's a tricky one. It is tricky. I will also pass on this game. <laughs> Brandon, I do not like either of these teams. Then without I further like ado, Berger, so. I'm just talking right over you. Without further ado, thanks for listening, everybody. We don't even have our little rundown of places to find us, but... Uh, oh, I, I, can t- I can tell you where you can find the Always Cheating Podcast, Josh. All right, go for it. If you like what you hear, me and Josh talking about the Fantasy Premier League, you can subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast on iTunes, where you can rate our podcast and leave us a review. You can also follow us on SoundCloud, find us on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Acast, or TuneIn FM. Josh, I put it upon you to list our social media channels. Can you do it? Oh, that's I can do it. It's uh, facebook.com slash always cheating. Uh, Twitter is uh, at hail cheaters. That's H A I L, not H E I L. Uh, you can also email <laughs> I think us. That's a good uh, distinction <laughs> to make. Yes. Uh, you can email us at uh, hail cheaters. Actually, I never even thought about how fascist that sounds until just now. You can email us at uh, hail cheaters at gmail.com. And uh, you can also uh, find us on uh, always cheating.com, our, our website which we uh, probably need some more content for. If you're interested in writing some content <laughs> for the OSG website next year, uh, yeah. send us a note. Send us a, send us a little email at yeah, that's gmail.com. And if you want to support the podcast, go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash alwayscheating. We haven't forgotten about you, Patreon supporters. No, we, and actually, and we should put this at the top of the podcast, but congratulations to Dave Wegner Lodell, who won the uh, they always treat in Survivor League, the Patreon Survivor League. Um, it's obviously hey! too, <laughs> it's obviously too late in the season now. He he and uh, uh, he and Shane Deer were, were tied neck like it was like for like eight weeks. It was just the two of them. Um, and uh, so Dave finally wins. So Dave, we're going to reach out to you uh, this week about appearing on the podcast. And uh, we did congratulate him on Twitter, but we need to. Uh, we need to do the second half of what we promised. So Dave, we're going to invite <laughs> you to be a guest on the podcast. Uh, and uh, we're also going to um, we're going to do at least one more exclusive podcast for Patreon supporters um, as a thank you. So um, keep your ears peeled for that, and we'll keep everybody updated. And uh, thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks for supporting us on on Patreon. And um, and uh, yeah, so thank you. Cool. All right. Good luck, Josh, in Game Week Thirty Three. I wish you good lose. <laughs> thank you, Brandon. I, I wish I wish you could lose as well. I, I wish I I'd be happy when you do lose. Okay. (laughs) All right, guys. All right. Talk to you soon.